It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Good morning. Thank you for joining us for the KSL Greenhouse. Maria Shalaos, Tom Bettis with you this morning. We are taking your calls. Phone lines are open at 801-575-8255. You can also text us at 57500. Just a reminder, we will have another edition of the extended pregame coverage as BYU tries to rebound against Liberty University. Mitch Harper, Matt Biamonte will start pregame coverage at 11 a.m., Kickoff is at 1.30, and our extended coverage is sponsored by UCCU. Back to our listeners. Our next listener, Ton, says, is it time yet to transplant trees, specifically peach trees? Well, if they're new, you can plant. You know, just There's a text wondering if they could just plant trees, and yes, you still can. But what about transplanting? depends. When they're saying transplanting, I, I, I'm assuming they're moving it from one spot yes. in their yard to yes. another. And so I would give it another week or so. The peaches down in the Santa Quin area are just turning yellow. Mm-hmm. And so the leaves need to have fallen off before you really start digging. Okay. Uh, next listener would like to know, are ponderosa pine needles okay to till into the garden? A small amount, yes, they are. You don't want to do two or three inches because they have wax on them and lignans and things that take a long time for them to break down. And so they could rob the soil of nitrogen due to soil microorganisms, uh, you know, taking all the nitrogen to break them down. So an inch, no more, maybe a half inch. Mm -hmm. It's it's in essence almost like tilling uh, sawdust into your yard to just a a small amount is okay. Otherwise, you can compost them and they'll take longer, but you can turn them into compost. Next listener is in Rose Park, and they have been really... um uh, challenged with curly top on their celebrity and brandy one tomatoes. Um, they have some tomatoes that aren't affected, but they say that this uh, curly top is showing up every year and they want to know what they can do now to keep it from being a problem next year. Tent the tomatoes. So they would need to put up low tunnels when they transplant the tomatoes and keep them covered for the first month or so they're in the ground. And they don't need to put plastic over them, but a floating row cover, which is a really light reme material, uh, you can use that for exclusion, and that will keep the insects out. Now, they need to rotate and if where they put them, because if there are little bugs and things in the soil that will impact the tomatoes, they need to move every year where they are. But if they did build some low tunnels, they could tent them with row cover to keep things out. Just uh, for the first month? First month or so, yeah. Okay. Uh, Next listener would like to know, they have a Japanese maple on the north side of their house, uh, but this year it's been dying off, and they have wonder if you have any thoughts of um, what they might do, or is the north side a problem for these? No, the north is where they should be planted, but all I can really say is welcome to the world of Japanese maples in Utah. Oh, don't say that. Mine's been healthy, and I don't want anything to happen yeah. to it. Yeah, and it's just you can have the neighbors as healthy for 30 or 40 years and looks gorgeous. You plant one that looks good for four or five years, and it starts to decline. And it's just what the Japanese maples do 
due to our heat and our soils and lack of humidity, they are native to an area that's climactically similar to Portland, Seattle, Northern California, and we move them here. Mm-hmm. And it, they just, it's really different for them. And so the lacier the leaf, the more of a chance there is that they will struggle. I'm going to have to plant a new one. I, I have a lace leaf that's just beautiful and doing very well. And I have another that uh, this year just didn't come back. Yeah. And that's, you can have them. They look beautiful for years and years and all of a sudden they don't come back or three quarters of the limbs died. It's just when you plant Japanese maples, you enjoy them while you can and just know that our climate is so different than where they're native is that, that a lot of times they're just not as long lived and as healthy as they would be in their native habitat. All right, let's take a minute and talk about fall planting because the next listener is saying planting trees in the fall. Um, what can you plant in the fall and what's the best way to do that? Trees and shrubs are fine to plant in the fall. Uh, they're on discount right now at garden centers, especially with the cold weather. The garden centers don't want to overwinter trees if they can avoid it. And so you need to be a little bit flexible on varieties, but there are many good varieties available still. So because the trees and shrubs have a little bit more of an extensive root system than, say, you you talked about the mums, you know, so trees and shrubs are what I would focus on. on, So So at this point, you don't want to be planting any sort of perennials. And if you planted them a few weeks ago, is there anything you can do to make sure that they're, they might get a little bit of extra help? If you do plant them now, what I would do is just get some mulch and put an inch or two, a couple inches of mulch around them to help keep the soil from freezing. And that will go a long way to helping them over winter. Okay. So those of us who may have I've done that already, bought some on sale. Uh, Best way to help them is just to put some mulch around them. Yes, and that will help keep the soil from freezing and that will really help them along. Yeah, that was the question of our next listener about planting new perennials. How about transplanting established perennials? Should they wait till spring on that? Not necessarily. I would give it, because we've been so warm, I would give it another week or so at least and let things get hit by frost before I start moving them. There are a few exceptions. You know, the mums I would divide in the spring. JD has a principle to where if the perennials bloom in the fall, he will divide them in the spring. If they bloom in the spring, he divides them in the fall. So that's his general rule. And just make sure that you get a clump wide enough that, and with enough roots that when you transplant it, there's enough root mass there that it'll have a really good chance of taking and thriving after you've moved it. Mm -hmm. So for you today, what is your top priority out in your yard? Mowing. If I if it's dry, I'm going to mow my lawn down a little bit. You know, our colder mountain valleys may be getting significant snow. I've read that was a big Cottonwood Canyon is expected to get 10 to 20 inches. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing that you can do. I would be looking at raking leaves if I need to, if it's not too windy. You know, somebody posted an article about quit raking leaves. You're destroying habitat for little animals and insects, which you can be. But if you have leaves covering your lawn, and especially if you can't see the lawn through the leaves, you need to rake them up because you'll kill your lawn. But leaves do provide some important habitat if you leave them in your garden area untilled or you know areas that you can. So other things I'm looking at is taking care of my sprinkling system to make sure it's blown out if I can. I'm looking at making sure the water is turned off at the street. Uh, I'm not pruning. 
you know, anything that's a pruner's yes, away. <laughs> dead and diseased wood can always be pruned out at any time or if it's a hazard. So if you've got people hitting their head on a limb over the sidewalk, you're obstructing view backing out of your driveway, those sorts of things, just prune it. But otherwise, wait from midwinter into spring to do your pruning. Okay. Number to call with your questions, 801-575-8255. You can also text us at 57500. Uh, Before we talk to the folks from Cigna, I did want to ask you, though, when you cut your lawn this year or at the end of the season, you can cut it shorter than you do the rest of this. You do. Season. You want to cut it about an inch and a half to maybe two inches. It will grow a little bit through the winter. The reason you do that is so it doesn't lay over and it really increases chances of snow mold if you leave it long and especially if you have leaves all over it. Okay. All right. And this hour of the greenhouse is sponsored by Cigna. Rob Matura has been with us throughout the hour. And Rod, uh, Rob, I'm excited to talk to you about the benefits. But before we talk about the benefits, um, we better make sure that people understand what the annual election period is for Medicare. What does that mean? Absolutely. The annual election period for Medicare, or also known as AEP, is the time of year that's going on right now. In fact, it started October 15th and it goes through December 7th. And AEP is the opportunity to check your health plan that you're currently on. Can you get better benefits than you have today? Can you get lower costs than you have today? Or for some people, can you get both better benefits and lower costs? Right now is the time to check and make that evaluation for yourself. So Rob, what are some of the benefits? Absolutely. Cigna is very happy to provide a rich level of benefits on both our HMO and our PPO plans in the great state of Utah. We offer benefits such as $0 monthly premiums for both plans. We offer up to $20,000 in dental coverage every year. We offer up to $360 a year in Part B premium give back. So we give up to $360 a year back in the Social Security checks of our customers. We even offer things such as up to $2,000 in a hearing allowance, up to $350 of vision coverage. We even offer healthy rewards. So that's basically we give our customers incentives to use their health plan, to get their preventive checkups. We want our customers to use the health plan they choose with Cigna, and we reward them for that. So, Rob, how long do people have to make these decisions? Absolutely. They have until December 7th. That's for most people. And so this is the time right now to make those decisions, talk with your local broker, call Cigna Healthcare, go on our website at SignaMedicare.com. There's a variety of ways that you can get help to make these important decisions. Anything, Rob, that you'd like to add? Make that decision early, make it confidently, talk to your broker or call Cigna at 801-686-8648. This is the time to make those decisions that will impact you for the, all of 2023. And we're here to help you and we want you to be one of our Cigna customers. Great. Rob, thanks so much for being with us today. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, 
we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for joining us for this final segment of the KSL Greenhouse Show. Maria Shalaos, Ton Bennis with you this morning. We will be making way at 11 for our extended BYU pregame coverage, uh, which is sponsored by UCCU. Back to our phone lines now, and let's go to Skyler, who is in Idaho. Hi, Skyler. What is your question? Hi, Skyler. Uh, this is Skyler. Yeah, I've got a couple of uh, trees that I've been trying to introduce here into McCammon, Idaho. It's a, uh, one is a sequoia. It's a shorter one. It never grows above about 30 feet. And it's struggled quite a bit since I planted it last fall. It got sunburned on top. I contacted the company. They said, eh, it just kind of looks like it's it's doing its thing. But is there anything I can do to feed it next spring or anything to help this fall so it'll be a little more vigorous? So what uh, USDA zone are you in? 6A. 6A. So it should be borderline warm enough for it. And yeah, they said it would be. Yeah. Well, and I mean, when you're looking at things like that, where they're native, you know, to coastal California and into uh, Sequoia National Park and uh, Kings Canyon, anyway, they are native to areas that is a lot more humid than what we are. And McCammon will have a little more of that just being, you know, uh, I don't know a little bit more protected than say the Wasatch front. But whenever you're planting things like that, we had a conversation about Japanese maples a few minutes ago. It's always just a little bit of a risk and these redwoods are beautiful, but you know, I've noticed even on our Wasatch front down here that they have more of a chance of scorching. And when they reach 30 or 40 years old, I think it becomes too hard for them to get a lot of water, as much water as they need up to the top of the canopy. And we sometimes start to see some then. And so all you can really do is just let it be and see if it is taking a little bit of time to become adjusted to an area that it's not used to and see what the needle growth looks like next year. Okay, it's in the grass, so hopefully it'll get enough from the sprinklers. Well, it should, you know, and it's you need to make sure it doesn't get too much. And so there's just a lot of things you're going to have to watch and see what happens and monitor. And anytime you plant something like this that is less common, not native, less adapted, it's just a little bit tricky getting them acclimated the first two to three years. Yeah, I also put a Hopi crepe myrtle, hoping that I can get one grow up here. They're native more to the south, but yeah. it'll be really nice if it's beautiful pink. They say they'll blossom for almost four months, so that'd be great. Yeah. What we get on the Wasatch Front is that they oftentimes die to the ground and kind of come back as a bush. Okay, well, this is a small bush. That's what I'm hoping. All right, I also put a uh, sentry, uh, a sentry ginkgo, so hopefully we'll have kind of a diverse lawn here. 
All right. Out of those cities, the Ginkgo should do the best. We appreciate your call. Good luck with so. that, Skylar. Just a couple minutes in the program. Let's uh, try to get to Eric very quickly here. He's in West Mountain. Eric, what was your question? Hello. I'm down in Payson, West Mountain area, and I've got a garden that's like 60 by 60, and I have added about eight inches of a tree uh, that has been uh, ground up in a shredder, tree branches and, and leaves, and shredded like I had a big cottonwood that I uh, ground the stump down, and I had several dozen bags of, of, shred, of shredded material. That I had about eight inches worth, and I've took me about four rounds to get it all rototilled really deep into my garden. But I'm worried about there's so much in there that um, I'm worried about a lack of nitrogen or being able to break down or leaching some uh, the good stuff out of my soil. Let's not so. Is there something else I should add? Well, you're not going to leach anything out, but the nutrients will be bound up. I would have had you take that over to the pace and green waste and just put like an inch down. So you've got about six or seven times too much nitrogen fertilizer oh. at this point is going to help you break that down and just apply some now. And I would maybe do some more in the spring. All right, Eric, thank you for your call. I'm sorry, but we are out of time. We will have a full greenhouse show coming your way next Saturday from 8 to 11. Ton, a, a great day. Uh, go out and get out in the yard and finish up those last-minute things. Hurry fast. All right, and have a great weekend. And again, join us next week, 8 to 11. And check out our KSL Greenhouse Facebook page. We have some great videos for you there. And check out all the information from today. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor, Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.